Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa, and we are the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi, the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us to chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, 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 and welcome back. I am Pam, sitting here today with Heidi. Hello. And Elisa. Hi. And uh, today's episode is about that two to one nap transition. And we were lucky enough to grab a question from the Facebook group, All Things Sleep and Parenting. Uh, So Miss Heidi is going to read it for us. And then Lisa and I are going to answer. Okay, it says, my little one is 15 months old and sleeping well for a.m. nap. But afternoon nap is a struggle. Should I consider one nap? How would I go about that? So this podcast is going to be all about that transition from two to one nap. So when it happens, how to know when to start it. um, Yeah. How to do it. how How to make that transition and then what those expectations during the transition as well. So is that a good sign that the afternoon nap is a struggle? Yeah, so once our little ones are on two naps a day, the afternoon nap is the most important of the two, Mm. right? So we always want to make sure that that one's the longer nap, that one's the one that we are very um, protective of because that nap... Um, is the one that's really closely related to overnight sleep. So if that nap is crap or if that window before bed is way too long, that's all going to cause overnight issues, bedtime issues, um, and or early rising. Yeah, early morning challenges. So typically around... So we make that transition to two naps, usually around eight, nine months, um, a little bit earlier for some, typically no later than nine months uh, for the rest. But we start to make that transition down to two naps, and that kind of is easy sailing for a few months. And then usually around 11, sometimes 12, sometimes 13 months, it all depends on your little ones, but usually around 11 months, we start to see the need to reduce that morning nap because we start to see some of their sleep kind of go off track a little bit, but not completely. So it's not enough that it's like, oh you know, sleep is completely gone, but it's little pieces here and there, right? So, and that's what Elisa and I kind of refer to as like they're gearing up for that transition. So they're starting to prepare. So we might see things where the morning nap is really long and, and good morning nap, but the afternoon one isn't so long. We might start to see some struggles falling asleep for that afternoon nap. So even our little guys who aren't nearly ready for that transition yet, uh, we do start to see some of that. We need to kind of prepare for that transition so 11 12 months we usually were dropping that morning nap down to about an hour an hour and 15 or so depending on how long they're sleeping for some it's 45 minutes um but that is one of the biggest pieces with that afternoon nap so if little one is having a really great morning nap usually that means an hour and a half sometimes two hours in the morning um and not falling asleep for that afternoon nap, that is why. So we want to cap that morning nap. So anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and 15, depending on age and how long they're typically sleeping for, um, to help allow that second nap to extend. And that part is a bit of trial and error as well. So your little one might do totally fine with an hour and 15, and then you'd keep it like that until you start to see that afternoon nap suffering again. Then you cut it down to an hour. Yep, absolutely. So 
typically that transition happens between 14 and 18 months, kind of in and there. But like we said, sometimes we do have to help them as they're gearing up for that transition. We do have to kind of be protective of that to reduce that morning nap. Um, but then from there, as we start to kind of get into like our 13, 14, 15 month olds, some of the signs that we're seeing that we're ready for that transition to, to one nap, um, and it's a little bit of everything, right? So we'll see them either not falling asleep for that morning nap, which is typically the easiest route. Like if they just don't fall asleep for that morning nap, that's like the easiest, that's the easiest one. Typically what we're seeing though is they're sleeping really well for that morning nap, not sleeping so well for the afternoon nap. We can start or to- Or just not sleeping at all for yes, the morning nap. that's true, or not sleeping at all. Sometimes we can see um, bedtime battles, not typically as much, but night wakings, um, and then early rising for sure. That usually, when we have little ones that are kind of waking earlier, that has a lot to do with day sleep, that has a lot to do with that window between last nap and bedtime. So um, that can be one of the big signs that they are ready for that transition. Yeah. But those two biggest signs that you'll most likely see are the just not napping in the morning at all or taking a really long time to fall asleep in the morning. And then by the time they fall asleep, it's too late to have the morning nap. Or with the afternoon nap, they're taking forever to fall asleep for that afternoon nap or they are just not falling asleep for the afternoon nap. Yeah. And, and there's two different kind of ways to go about making this transition. So there's one method of doing it where we kind of push that morning nap a little bit later, a little bit later, a little bit later. So if our little ones were sleeping at nine, then we would nap them at 10, then we would nap them at 1030, and then we would nap them at 11. Um, and, and that, that can work for some, for sure. It is, it is a kind of popular technique to do it. We do find that it can get really tough because if our little ones are napping, say they nap from 11 to 12.30, they're not tired enough for another nap before bed, but then 12.30 till 6.37 at bedtime is a really, really long yeah. stretch. So, you'd, so that's going to... Sorry, you'd need to stick a, a nap in there somewhere at around 3 or 3.30, but that doesn't work for all children, you know? Yeah. If they're not used to sleeping at that time. Not used to it, and then if it's like too long of a nap at that time then that's going to interfere with bedtime if it's if you have a little one who's really sensitive to sleep that late afternoon nap would then absolutely throw off bedtime so and and i've said it a couple of times now with that long wake before um, bedtime at this age causes those early mornings right so then we kind of get into this cycle where we put our little ones to bed, they wake, you know, crack of dawn, um, and we can't push them any more than 10 or 10.30 or 11 o'clock before they absolutely crash. So we have to let them nap. They then nap for an hour and a half, they're up at 12.30, and now again, we, we're just kind of perpetuating that cycle of now that big wake window from 12.30 to 6.30, um, causing that early morning. They can't handle the morning because of that early wake up, right? So, um, so there are some pros and cons to it for sure. The method that we prefer uh, and, and is one that we work with you know, most of our families with is going to be reducing that morning nap and then eliminating it. So we're still allowing them to have that little 45 minutes to start. So say an hour and 15 to start then an hour and then 45 minutes. Um, and then for some even going down to 30, 20, 20, sorry, going down to 20, 30 minutes um, can even work as well. But it's 
it's easier, we find it's easier to reduce and, and shorten that morning nap to protect the afternoon nap to then also bridge that big long wake window between uh, second nap and bedtime. Yeah. And also then you're buying yourself a little bit of extra time too, right? Because yes. that morning <laughs> nap that. is, <laughs> that morning nap is, you know, we get used to it and we kind of have all of our little things planned that we are going to do during morning nap. I know that I was super duper productive during morning nap. And then afternoon nap was kind of my rest time where I would do nothing. Right. And so when morning nap stopped, I was very sad because <laughs> I was used to having all this time, right? So on one hand, it's good because it gives you freedom to do more in the morning. Yes. Oh, that with is your so child. Nice. But on the other hand, it was, you know, I really missed that time. So if you cut it down and down and down, then you're still getting that rest time. Your child is still getting that rest time, right? And then you can carry on with your morning and they're not super tired for lunchtime. Yes. You know, they're not super tired come afternoon nap and overtired. Right. So it just makes it a little bit more tolerable for to everyone. Cut it down. Yeah. Because then even that 20 minutes for some children is enough to get them to their regular scheduled 1230, one o'clock afternoon time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now those expectations. So this is a transition that can take some time. Like I, you want to give this transition a good two weeks, the challenge and why this one, these transitions, this, this one I do find a little bit harder for some families, but the challenge that I find is it's that week or two that we're starting to see sleep come off the rails a little bit as they're gearing up for that transition. So that kind of feels long. And then it's also then on top of that two weeks of the actual transition itself, right? So giving them a good 10 to 14 days um, to really adjust to one nap. So that's being really consistent with your schedule, really consistent with that bedtime. Um, we do sometimes have to bring that bedtime a little bit earlier. So that will be adjusted a little bit um, as, as they're kind of going through that transition. But the more consistent you are, with the day-to-day -day schedule. So that means not letting them kind of catnap here or there, trying to stick with that, that schedule to allow that circadian rhythm, that internal clock of theirs to really be able to regulate, right? They're, they're looking for that outside source to regulate, which is that daily schedule. And if, and if some days we're napping at 10 and other days, okay, I got him to 1230. And then the next day, oh, we didn't get him past nine. And now he had another nap at three. Like that circadian rhythm is just going to take a really long time to try and regulate so when it comes to the actual transition uh, itself, we want to make sure that we have that expectation that it's going to take or it can take anywhere from like 7 to 14 days. The challenge with this, well, with any transition really is those two weeks beforehand. So as we're starting to see those, that sleep kind of come off track, as we're starting to see those little pieces with sleep, and gearing up for that transition, that can feel really hard um, and feel like, you know, sleep is all over the place. But then once we start that transition, it's not just an easy fall into place. Their circadian rhythm, it takes that, their that internal clock and it takes them time to adjust to new challenges, to uh, sorry, to new changes, especially something like going from napping twice a day to once a day. So really allowing that 14 days, solid 14 days. And within those 14 days, 
being super consistent. The more consistent you can be, right? We want to think of that internal clock of theirs being, it's what regulates them, right? So the more consistent we can be with it, the faster that circadian rhythm is going to stabilize and get back on track, which means the faster their sleep is going to be get back on track. If one day they're napping at, you know, nine and they're having two naps and then the next day they're not napping until two and then the next day they're sleeping at 10 a.m. and then not napping the rest of the day, that circadian rhythm is just going to be completely off track and it's going to be really hard to get it back on track and regulated. So the more consistent you can be with those naps, the timings of the naps, as you're kind of gently trying to either reduce that morning nap um, and extend that afternoon nap, that is that's it's just a, such an important piece to know that you can expect sleep to be off for a good 14 days yeah and on the other side of that as well some children won't have any like some children won't have any issues getting right to your nap time and they could just go 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 all morning right and yeah. they won't get tired and it's it's a seamless transition it does help if they're more ready when they're less ready for the transition and you push them a little bit more some children might have a little bit more kickback. But as Pam was saying, keeping consistent with that schedule and making sure that they're not sleeping all willy-nilly throughout the morning and then afternoon, that you're getting them to that afternoon nap time that is your goal, yes. or at least close enough to that goal so that their body clock has a good chance of accepting the, the changes. But sometimes when they're in the very beginning stages of this transition, they might crash every four days or something in the morning yes. just for like 15 or 20 minutes. That's okay as long as you see if that was indeed okay for them that day. So if they slept for 20 minutes that morning as just kind of like a little, I'm going to give them this little tiny nap because it's all catching up to them and they just need this one day of having this tiny nap. But then if they don't sleep in the afternoon that day, you know that you're done with that. Like don't yeah. give them that morning nap anymore. Yeah. And then that includes like a 10 or 15 minute cat nap in the car. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's more so if it's, you know, during the very beginning, like the first week of the yes. transition, let's say. If they need to have a couple of days here and there where they have a short, tiny little morning nap, then that's okay. But you don't want it to be all over the place. Like one day they're sleeping at 11, the next day they're sleeping at 1230, the next day they're sleeping at 1030, the next day they're sleeping at one, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's going to create a lot of havoc with their it's gonna be really overall tough sleep. for the system to adjust. And then you're going to start seeing... Harder bedtimes, night wakings, consistent night wakings. You're going to start seeing long wake-ups through the night. You're going to start seeing, like, starting your day at 4.35 a.m. And I don't know about you, but I, well, I know you guys, I do not do well with starting at 5 a.m., starting my day at I don't even do well with 6 a.m. I know, I, do, I really don't. <laughs> but the other thing with the response that you really want to be consistent about is how you are going to them and how are you are responding to them so if they do have a little bit more difficulty during this transition with you know maybe they have a night waking when they were sleeping through the night and it's kind of like their system is just a little off because they're going through this transition or maybe if they aren't going to sleep perfectly for their afternoon nap and it takes a little bit of work you really want to make sure that you are not overcompensating with then 
starting to feed them at night again if they were night weaned, right? So that's not a cause for starting to introduce a night feed. It's a part of the transition. And if you get them through it by sticking with things as consistently as possible, then they will come through it. Whereas if you now introduce a night feed because they're waking up at night one time when they weren't before, now that's creating a new expectation for them. So now they think that every night they need to have milk and they'll continue waking up. Whereas it might have been just a few nights of them waking up that one time and you stick consistent with them and they would have gotten back on track, right? Yep, now that you've added in calories, now you're dealing with night wakings and now you're dealing with that extra, those extra calories. So that does make a difference, absolutely. We also yep. have, right, because some of those naps are going to be short, we don't want to encourage the short naps. So go back and listen to our short naps episode so that, um, yes, we expect them through the, through the transition, but just like Lisa said, it's not something that we want to encourage and want to continue especially once we've transitioned them and then same thing with the early rising so we have an early rising episode as well go back and listen to that so that that response in the early morning once we're transitioned oh great i'm down to one nap i can do this great i can handle this really well but now i'm stuck on this 5 a.m waking right so you yes we expect these things to happen but we don't want to encourage them and make them prolong any longer than they need to through that transition yeah, and that for the nap, that's a really good point because that is something that a lot of parents struggle with is your child is used to having two naps a day that equal perhaps two hours or two and a half hours of daytime sleep, right? So when they transition to the one nap, they might not consolidate that just right away. So that takes our a bit. goal is for that afternoon nap at age 15, 16, 17 months, you know, and a little bit older, we want that afternoon nap to be ideally closer to two hours. So if your little one is only sleeping for an hour and 15 minutes at first, they haven't automatically consolidated those two naps and, and put them together to make one bigger nap. They need, to, they need a little bit of help with that. So keeping them in that sleep space, making sure that you're not getting them up after an hour and 15 minutes and just knowing that that can take a little bit of time and it's okay. It's a part of the transition. We expect it. Some children will, will automatically just start sleeping two hours in the afternoon once you bring them down to one nap. Yeah, that wasn't my case. That was my kids, right? Like automatically they were just sleeping oh, nice Anna long. Oh, just sleeps two and a half hours in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. I'm like barely squeezing an hour and 45 out of Oscar, which was like yeah. his, which is what he did. But yeah, not, not yeah. everyone transitions like that. Exactly. So it does take a little bit of work, but knowing that that's a part of the expectation can help. And just knowing that you're not, you're not reinforcing that one hour and 15 minute wake up by getting them out of their bed after an hour and 15 yes. minutes and then having them go and play or something, right? You're working on it actively so that it does start to lengthen. Yeah, absolutely. And then that last little piece is the bedtime. So that bedtime will probably have to be shifted as they adjust, especially if, you know, if you're used to getting later afternoon naps, so that wake up is closer to say three, three thirty. but now during this transition, it's now two o'clock. Um, you may have to bring bedtime like even half an hour, half an hour, 45 minutes early for a couple of weeks just to allow for that transition. Once that nap lengthens, then your bedtime can go back to your regular time again as well. 
Yeah. And let's talk about the ideal timing for that one mm -hmm. nap. Yes. We want, we want that nap to be closer to 12.30, 1 o'clock because then they're not having it too early on in the day, yeah. which can then make a very long window before bed. Yeah, because that's um, that window now, that causes night wakings, bedtime stalling, a lot of bedtime stalling, and early rising, right? So if, if like in the beginning, if we said if they're waking at 1 and bedtime's not until 7, it's a really long window for them. Yeah. So, um, so what is the time frame that we should be looking at for those windows? So ideally, depending on age, but it's usually about three and a half to four hours in there. Um, you know, as they get older, like that two and a half ish, it's usually closer to that four between four and five hours. But for our little guys, we're typically looking for about three and a half, four hours. So ideally, if they're up, right, if we're napping one to three, um, then we can handle like a six thirty seven bedtime. The naps and the times are all going to be, that's with like a 6.30 wake up, right? So if your little one's waking at 7.30, then then a 12.30 nap isn't going to work. That's going to be like an 11 o'clock nap for a 6.30 riser, right? So if, if you're kind of waking at 8 a.m., then your nap's probably going to be closer to 2. If you're waking at 7 a.m., your nap is probably going to be closer to that 1 o'clock-ish, right? So, so that shifts a little bit because we want our day kind of broken with our morning wake up and then bedtime roughly 12 hours after that morning wake up. So the nap needs to be nice and towards the end to give you that kind of three and a half hour, four hour buffer of wake window between last nap and bed. I'm just thinking yeah. of all so, the little ones in childcare, right? Cause they don't all get yes. up at the same time, but nap well, time is all the same for them. Nap so time is all the same struggle. and it's very early. Like nap time and care is very early. Their nap times are usually noonish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really so hard. I was going to say, if you're listening to this and your child is going to be preparing for to go into childcare, don't panic because we said 1230 or 1 for that nap. 12 o'clock is a little early and it's going to take some adjusting for them, but they will get used to it and they'll be okay. You and just want to make care. sure. If they're a lot more busier at childcare mm -hmm. usually than they are at home with us, right? It's a little more yes. relaxed and slower paced and not as noisy the only, <laughs> the only thing is you might find that bedtime oh the end they're of the gonna day. need a nice yeah. and early bedtime especially yeah. at the beginning of the transition right so yeah. just make sure that you're very mindful of that bedtime and i know it's tough because you might not be getting home until five o'clock or five thirty. but even just for those first few weeks make the early bedtime work yes and we're talking like six fifteen, even yeah i mean my children sometimes had to go to bed as early as six o'clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Gosh, yeah. They were, that's what they needed, right? Yeah. Otherwise, they would start night waking or they would wake up really early in the morning. So for them, six o'clock meant that I would get that 12 and a half even hours out of them at night, 12 hours. Yeah. So well, I'm just thinking. And then you can all the pictures I've seen on Instagram and Facebook of the little one trying to eat their supper and they're just like it's nodding off. They can't even make so it through tired. eating. I know. And that's where, you know, little ones have leftovers from last night as you are preparing tonight's dinner. They're they're in their high chair in the kitchen with you and they're eating their dinner. As soon as you get um, home kind of thing. Yeah, so that you have that time. It, it, like oatmeal's an acceptable dinner sometimes. Uh, <laughs> breakfast for dinner, whatever's kind of fast and 
give yourself that it's two weeks that I really need to just kind of really focus on that early bedtime. So I'm just going to do whatever I need to do, whether that's crock pot or Instapots or leftovers, soup and sandwiches for two yeah. weeks. It is just get, how Egg. can we get, oh yeah, yeah, eggs. How can we get food into them and them into bed? Um, and, and I, and I, and I do that early bedtime is really tough, but like Elisa said, the, the flip side of it with the night wakings and the early rising, like that's just and then trying to get up and everybody off to daycare and school and I just that makes it so much harder so yes it's going to be a push for some for bedtimes but it it does make a big difference in that and transition yeah the plus part there is you know okay when am I going to have time to do that make that sep separate meal for the next night well they're going to be in bed earlier yes. so whatever you made yourself make that plate for tomorrow night supper for them for when you get in the door yuppers yeah, absolutely and it doesn't mean that, you know, your baby needs to have a 6 o'clock bedtime, right? Maybe right. they'll be okay with 6.15 yeah. or 6.30. Yeah. But if you're noticing that they are super exhausted and they just can't make it because, A, they've gone through the nap transition, and, B, they've started childcare and yeah. they are exhausted, yes. right? Yes. Just don't push them. It's like when you go the away other on thing, vacation, like, typically I don't need a nap. Right, but we went to the museum, and then we went this, and then we walked 17 yeah. blocks, and then, I you know, it's like, I just need to lay down before dinner. lay down and maybe get an espresso on the way out before dinner, you know? Like, yeah. it's such an adjustment to our own um, rhythms and system, too. Yeah. For sure. And so one of the other things that can happen in childcare is that um, they might transition them a little earlier than yes. we would like for yeah. them to transition. So we say yes. 14 to 18 months. Whereas if they're starting in a child care center at 12 months and they're starting right in a toddler program, let's say, or you have a home daycare that doesn't want to accommodate the morning nap, you might have to go with that and they might transition a little bit earlier. Again, they are going to make it, they're going to survive, but they just might be a little bit more tired at the beginning. I would speak to your provider though and find out if there's any way that they can even just squeeze in a 20 minute morning nap or something. Until sometimes they're fully, fully ready. Yeah, sometimes you would be surprised and they, they will accommodate that. And then, you know, you bring them a little bit earlier than you normally would. They do that little quick nap at 8.30 or something before they, before they get all the other kids ready to get outside. And then they're able to accommodate that. But other times they will not be able to accommodate that. And so you just have to go with the flow there. And you don't have to prepare them much ahead of time in that case for that transition. Just wait, maybe shorten their nap more and more and more so that at least they're going into childcare with, you know, they're not used to having a two hour nap at home in the morning and then they're having nothing in childcare. So you can do that prep ahead of time by capping their nap earlier and earlier. So maybe like you get them down to even a 30 minute nap before they start childcare. But if they were really young and they had to transition early, you don't have to, you don't have to make the transition to one nap two weeks before no, they start childcare. No. Just prep them enough so that when they get there, they're not used to having a super long morning nap and then they've got nothing because exactly. that'll be a little bit harder for them but you can just prep them by cutting it back it's really in the benefit of the child care provider because that 
child is going to be well rested, happy. I that's what I don't understand. Like I, uh, both Elisa and I used to run our own uh, childcare home childcare businesses. Um, and for me, that morning nap was like, especially with a new child who was starting. Like, it kind of gave us both a little bit of time to like. Okay, especially as they're transitioning, right? So it kind of gives them a break. They're so much better rested, happier, so much more happier being there when they've had that little bit of morning nap versus when they haven't. So, like, for me to try and keep them up because I want to get to the park at 9 a.m. until 9.30. And then lunch. Like, ugh. Yeah, like, lunch is, is, is a disaster, and then you have all these other toddlers that are, like, melting Eating down because of it. Of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so for me, uh, in my childcare, it was easier to keep that morning nap. It was early. We still, that gave us time to, like, get snacks and water bottles and everybody sunscreened, ready to go out once baby was up. Um, yeah. We were able to kind of go. Personally, I yeah, think that's... it's a bit of a flag if your childcare provider is very adamant, no, we don't do any morning naps here at all. Okay, what else are you not flexible on? Like, yeah, yeah, especially with something like sleep, because sleep is so important. Yeah. And then knowing that, especially if they're really not ready for it, like that can be tough for sure. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. It's very common, though. It is. It is, unfortunately. Um, and so is those really early nap times in childcare from 12 to 2, that nap time. So, which can be really tough for families as well. But, Hopefully the, the tips that we were able to offer today with that two-to-one nap transition, hopefully that uh, gets you started on the right foot. Um, if at any time you have questions, please join us in our Facebook group, All Things Sleep and Parenting on Facebook. Um, join us in there and uh, ask your questions. Elisa and I offer Q&As from time to time as well. So uh, we're in there and there's lots of information for extra help. And then, of course, there's always RestfulParenting.com. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.